I always remember Susan Storm not being too impressive uh, with her invisibility powers until she uh, got to get or she got to have the uh, the barriers and force fields that she would make. And they had those pretty much right away in the show that I watched as a kid. The uh, Anyway, the like late 80s, early 90s, Fantastic Four, and it's been in the movies and stuff. And right now she can only turn invisible, so I was wondering what, exactly what they would do. But she gets to be really awesome in this episode, or this issue of uh, Fantastic Four. I'm talking about uh, Fantastic Four issue number three, all the way back from, what was it, March of 1962? Anyway, this is MJ. I love... Uh, comics, and I'm journeying through the Marvel Universe. I invite you to join me as I discover new things about it, like the fact that the uh, Fantasticar and their costumes and their Baxter building, uh, which I, they don't call it Baxter building, but their you know HQ and a, a high-rise, uh, all debuts in this third episode. Um, did I already see the costumes? Anyway, they it's like, uh, it's interesting how it kind of took uh, Lee and Kirby a little bit of uh, ramping up time to get them to this standard, but by the third issue, uh, they are basically superheroes. They have their superhero costumes. Their identities are still public, uh, which is an interesting dynamic, I think, for the time. But uh, anyway, I thought it was really neat. Um, they had a supervillain with Mole Man in the first issue. Uh, the second issue was weird because it was the uh, the Cree. Uh, but this issue, they have, I would say, a real legitimate supervillain. Uh, in the Miracle Man, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. I want people to read these. I just kind of want to highlight the coolest things from these comics. Um, so I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I was actually I, I started reading it on my own, and then uh, one of my kids came over, and I started reading to them. And uh, I think I think it was enjoyable for everybody. I certainly enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, I kind of geeked out on how cool the cutaway was to, uh, to their building. Um, you see a launch pad, you see, uh, they've got a, a helicopter, a little rocket, a, which a pogo orbit plane. I, I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. Uh, and they've got their fantastic car, uh, which there's a great bonus to the fantastic car. It looks kind of dumb when you see it, uh, just from afar, but when you get to see how extensive, uh, that thing is, uh, it is really cool and it makes sense why it's designed the way it's designed. And I really like that. Uh, they also have a rocket. Excuse me. They have a missile, uh, which has a launch pad in their building, and they can shoot themselves uh, to, like, anywhere on the planet in minutes, which is amazing. Very, very cool. Uh, a little ridiculous, but but ultimately awesome. Um, but it's funny. Uh, in this issue, uh, you know, like I said, Sue was, like, a big deal. Uh, she made their costumes for them. But more than that, as they're facing the Miracle Man, they're having a very difficult time and he bests everybody else. She uses her invisibility powers to become invisible and basically infiltrate his... Well, she gets to spy on him, and she puts herself on the line, uh, which is why I'm so impressed with her. Uh, but she also... Uh, it also shows that these guys, as they currently are right now, read uh, Johnny and, and Ben or Thing... Uh, because he has a dual, a very strong duality where he basically says, like, yeah, I'm the thing and I want to go back to being Ben Grimm. Uh, they just can't get along without her, at least now. I hope that as the, you know, comics age, or as the characters age through the books, through the years, uh, that, the you know, the others will become a more cohesive team and that they won't need her as desperately, you know, to, to play Den Mother or whatever you want to say. Um, but I do think it's an, an interesting dynamic, and I like the fact that 
while she is, you know, offensively the weakest of the characters, she is morally, uh, like she has the strongest character of all of them. And, you know, her powers may be lacking, but she personally has, uh, a great, uh, yeah, I don't know, fortitude, will, um, reflex. Sorry, I've been playing KOTOR. Um, just like she's a better person than the rest of them, basically. And she can help gold them, hold them together and make peace between them. And that's pretty interesting. Uh, that makes her really cool. Plus, like I said, she really put her life in danger and did it without question. And something interesting, too, was that Johnny was all upset because his big sis was in danger. But Thing was just like, nah, Sue is going to be fine. And uh, like, basically, we just have to be ready to, you know, help her when she calls for us. But, you know, let's let her do this on her own. And that's kind of interesting because you wouldn't think you would think a big tough guy like that would say like, oh, we got to protect the little lady. But that's not what he's saying. Uh, it just kind of runs counter to the, uh, the standard narrative, you would imagine. Anyway, to recap, the review is, this was an excellent issue of the comic. Um, very fun. Sue is a great character, really like her. Uh, interested to see how things proceed in the future. Oh, and then there's a thing at the end about Johnny Storm, uh, which I'll talk about in a following issue. I don't want to talk about it now, but one more thing is I wanted to say, I really like that they present the way she turns invisible in two ways. She's either all white with no shading at all, and it's just like uh, perforated or dotted lines around her, outlining her. And then they also paint her like she's glass. So she maintains her shadows uh, or, or the shading on her, but it's black. And then the rest of her is like this blue white. Uh, it's a little more opaque. I wish you could see through her, um, like in the junkyard scene, uh, she she looks like that, and I wish she was a little more opaque, or, or a little more transparent, I should say. I think that would really sell the effect even better, because uh, otherwise it looks like she's glass, or like she could almost be confused for Iceman. Although, it's been a while since I've looked at the X-Men comic. Uh, last Iceman I saw was uh, in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, like last week. Um, showed that to the kids, they <laughs> like that. Anyway, uh, so I'll be interested to see how, how Kirby uh, continues to develop her invisible girl look. Uh, I do like both looks. Um, the painted glass one, uh, seems a little cooler, although I'm sure it's harder to do. I wanted to take some time to highlight some, I'm going to call them gags, and it'll be interesting to see if things like this pop up in every single issue, at which point I will officially dub them gags or, or, or maybe stunts. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, Sue, despite the fact that she's invisible, does, that does not mean she's completely indetectable. She's in a, uh, junkyard following around the Miracle Man, and a junkyard dog sniffs her out and starts barking at her, and he realizes, hey, dogs do not bark for no reason, so she must be here somewhere, and he kind of follows the dog, and it leads him to Sue, and that was pretty cool. Another thing is, uh, in the junkyard, somehow, uh, the, the three guys are able to get, uh, oh, no, no, they're antique racing cars that are stored there. Okay, that makes sense. They're, so, they're stored at the junkyard for some reason, even though they're not junk. Anyway, uh, the Miracle Man ends up shooting out one of the tires of his antique racing car that they're in, and Reed Richards, genius, brilliant man, has the idea that he is going to form his body into the shape and consistency of a rubber tire, and I don't know if he's using, it looks like both of his arms are there, so it looks like there's spokes, maybe those are his, his legs or something pressed against his body, I don't know, but it's a crazy image, and uh, it was hilarious to me. I think earlier he turned himself into like a bouncing rubber ball, which was pretty cool. Uh, but then now he's turned like his face is facing out on the tire. Like you would think his face would be facing in so that it's not getting, you know, dirty or smushed or, you know, stuff in his eye. I, I don't know. Ridiculous. Hilarious. Uh, I really liked it. Um, and then 
the uh, the big bright idea. Oh, that was a pun unintended. Sorry, uh, that Johnny has for defeating Mastermind as he's uh, escaping in an atomic tank. This was '62. I don't know what these people were doing, just throwing atoms and everything. But anyway, and like that's a big deal. Like Hiroshi and Nagasaki happened. Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened, so we know that you know atomic stuff is bad. And yet they, <laughs> you know, Kirby and Lee are like, oh yeah, the U.S. is definitely uh, developing atomic tanks. We need it to go fight the Koreans. Anyway, uh, I don't know when the Korean War was, but just thought that'd be funny to throw in there. Anyway, so uh, they're in this like I guess it's an impenetrable, impenetrable tank. Uh, also, he probably doesn't want to ignite the uh, nuclear you know, whatever ordinance in there. And he probably also doesn't want to cook his sister alive. So, um, or the miracle man, cause Johnny Storm doesn't kill people. Right. Anyway. So he goes ahead and, uh, he just burns as brightly as he possibly can. And, uh, he makes a bright flash that actually blinds and dazes miracle man for a moment or two. And then they're able to apprehend him, which was pretty cool. Uh, but when they've apprehended him, thing is so furious that miracle man made a fool of the fantastic four that he, uh, endangered Sue's life, uh, all these things that, uh, thing is going to kill him. Um, he's seen how strong Miracle Man is, but at this point, uh, Reed is pretty sure that, uh, thing walloping Miracle Man with all of his, uh, his might will kill him. So it's interesting. Uh, they show him, uh, they show Johnny like just pitifully trying to stop him. And then Reed ends up, um, you know, wrapping up his limbs a little bit and, you know, causing him to stop, uh, hitting the miracle man, which like I said, would have killed him. And that's interesting. The, the image, uh, one, it's a cool image cause he's, uh, Ben's winding up and Johnny's like collapsing, draping himself over him, trying to put himself in between miracle man and thing, uh, while, you know, not getting clobbered himself. Uh, and then, you know, Reed comes in and stretch. I just like the, the layout of the panels. It really tells the story. Uh, you know, it sets up the sequence in time and uh, makes you feel the action, which is good. But also, it kind of uh, represents the, uh, like, what's going on with Ben Grimm, I guess you could say. And I think it does a really good job of, of framing him as this, you know, just barely in control individual. And I like that. Uh, I, I like the idea that maintaining his humanity is such a struggle for Thing and... Gosh, I think it's really good. Uh, I'll go ahead and... Uh, I guess I talked about it in my Spider-Man review when Spider-Man fought Doctor Doom, or rather, uh, in, I think his first or second issue when he went into audition to be a member of the Fantastic Four so he can get a paid gig. Uh, when he left, because uh, he did tangle with all of them a little bit, when he left, they said something like, we only hope that young man you know, doesn't turn against the world because, you know, heaven help us if he does. And... They've made a similar comment about Ben, uh, you know, Sue, Johnny, and Reed. And uh, at the end of this issue, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. You know, it's it's my thing. Uh, Johnny ends up leaving the team and he uh, is very upset. And uh, they're wondering if they need to worry about him. And they're wondering legitimately how they, excuse me, the three of them could stop him because his flame is so powerful. He can fly all this stuff and it's, Pretty interesting. So it's very dramatic. I like the stakes that they're setting up and the conflict. So a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to reading the next issue. Uh, well, I'll talk about that later. I, I was going to complain about uh, not getting the Kylo Ren issue this week because I refused to pay those uh, highway robbery prices for digital comics and my comic shop was sold out because I went like four or five days later. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap it up 
really like this. I'm, I'm enjoying Fantastic Four so far. They haven't done anything to bother me. Um, <laughs> except I don't like how Johnny's drawn, but that was like, you know, a cool young guy at the time, I think. So, eh, what do you gonna do? Anyway, thanks for sticking with me. Check out mgmunios.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swinging Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mgmunios.com slash STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time I'm Swinging Through Comics. Uh, just as a little bonus, uh, who's your favorite mem member of the Fantastic Four? And uh, what do you think about uh, the Fantastic Car and uh, those cool cutouts on the building? Uh, I also liked in the Spider-Man issues where they like showed how his web shooters work and different details of his costume. All that stuff really gets to me. Uh, probably the sci-fi nerd in me.